And this, uh, this sermon was uh, supposed to be, have been done uh, about a month ago when John Stead preached and had it ready to go, but wasn't here to preach it. <laughs> so <clears throat> we, we are back in the book of Revelation. As Troy said, we will get it finished one day. <laughs> but as we're finishing a lot of major topics that develop right from Genesis through in the last few chapters of Revelation, <clears throat> that's why it's taking some time to move, move through these this portion. We've noticed in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation several things already. In verses 1 and 3, 5, 7 and 9, we see that Satan was restrained and retained. That was, a, that was back in May. No, in April we looked at that. Then early May we looked at verses 1 through to 6, the Saviour's reign, where the Lord Jesus will reign from Jerusalem and it's mentioned in the last part of two verses there verse 4 of Revelation 20 we read at the end of the verse he lived and reigned they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years and the end of verse 6 they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years and so that was the Savior's reign and then thirdly we've seen in this portion of scripture chapter 20 in these verses, the saints' resurrection, and that's the last one we looked at, and a glorious thought there that we <coughs> will be raised and live with him in from the first resurrection and on for eternity. If you're in the adult class this morning, um, Brother Troy was <laughs> speaking on the devil and how, how to have victory over the devil in our life today. And... Uh, some of the tools, reading the word, memorizing the word, meditating upon the word. And he pointed to the fact that one day we will have the final victory, won't we? The victory is the Christians over the devil. And we see here today, as we look at Satan released for a time, it's unbelievable that people would follow him after his release. But... After his release, he's locked up. And verse 10, verse 10, 7, 10, 10, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night for how long? Ever and ever. No release anymore after that. That's it forever and ever. And all God's people said, Oh. Don't you want him to be locked up? <laughs> and all of all the people said, Amen. "That that sounds like." And you heard it that time. <laughs> Praise the Lord that it will happen, just as the Word of God has said so. <laughs> Let's pray and ask the Lord's guidance and blessing in the sermon today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these wonderful the wonderful news we have in Your Word. The devil, who is done so much damage to so many souls over millennia will one day be confined to the fires of hell and we have no remorse we have no sorrow nor pity for such a one who has done such things to so many people to nations and to individuals to families has wrought havoc everywhere and Lord we praise you that you will have the victory you are the glorious sovereign God and you will get the victory. 
And we read of it today and preach of it today. Protect us this morning from his onslaughts, from his endeavor to persuade us to go back into the world and to live an easy life, that we might keep on fighting the good fight of faith, that we, like Paul, might say that we have finished our course when we come to the end. And Lord, we've run the race and we now will enter heaven. Bless as the word is preached, Lord, we pray for those that are not here, that can't be here because of sickness or they're elderly and can't get around and, and move as they used to. Lord, be with them and strengthen them. And for those that are listening via the web or other means, Lord, that you might bless them where they're at. And Lord, that we might together rejoice in you and what you've done. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So we come to Satan being released. Now, if he's being released, that means he's been retained. He's been locked up. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was talking one day at, uh, I won't say where, because this will give an individual away, but... Uh, talking about oh joking about oh we haven't you know you haven't been in jail uh, haven't been locked up and haven't had to be released and someone piped up and said they had if they were <laughs> oh, I was sort of oh okay <laughs> what for <laughs> and um, they were willing to confess that I won't say who if they want to tell you they can talk about that later <laughs> but here this is an individual this is a being that is being released, that has been on the loose for a long time, but has been bound for 1,000 years. This hasn't happened. We know that he hasn't been bound. For 6,000 years he's been on the loose. Just read church history. Just read Old Testament history. Read your Old Testament. See that Satan was on the loose. And he's been wreaking havoc all over the world amongst people all that time so it's yet to happen after being bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years it reads in verse 7 when the thousand years are expired satan shall be loosed out of his prison he will be loosed why <laughs> someone asked francis dr francis schaefer why and he, his answer was this. If you can tell me why he was re released the first time, I will tell you why he was released the second time. <laughs> Interesting thought. Why wasn't he just confi confined when he rebelled way back and took a third of the angels with him? Lock him up. <laughs> but God has his reasons. And... Uh, <clears throat> If you've been locked up for a thousand years and you've had the fires of hell on your feet or all over you, when you're released, what will you be your attitude? What would be your attitude? What will be his attitude? Mad. <laughs> He'll be mad. He'll have one intent. You know, <clears throat> he's not going to change his mind. He's not repenting. But he, it reads there, he must be loosed. <laughs> he shall be loosed. 
We may never fully understand the reason why, but let me give a couple of reasons. First, this event proves that the devil is incorrigible and unrepentant. Even after the devil has, God has proved to the devil that he is victorious, and every attack that Satan has, everything he's put forward, God proves himself to be stronger and greater. Satan still stubbornly continues to rebel. Every plan of his has been thwarted to that time. Every plan that he's launched has been thwarted. But in defiance and open rebellion, he continues to rebel. Does that sound like some people you know too? Some people that have heard the message and heard the message and rebelled and rebelled and rebelled and it just builds. That hatred of truth builds. That defiance against God builds until they become reprobate. It's to a point that God gives them up and the devil really cannot repent. He cannot be saved, but he still won't. And it's, <clears throat> he's, he's, it's to prove this release that he's incorrigible and will not repent. A second reason uh, this event will take place is to show that mankind is unable to save himself. Even in a perfect world, it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that lost man is depraved. There is no good in him. We'll turn to Romans in a moment, but <clears throat> to think of how mad this being will be when he's released, I try to think of something that <laughs> illustrates it. Have you ever pushed over a bee's nest, a, a, a swarm, a, a hive? <laughs> have you, have you, have you done, I think worse than a bee's are the wasps, the European wasps. Have you ever stirred them up? And <clears throat> see, it's going to get warm in here. <laughs> Have you ever knocked a beehive? We we had a we had a um, a wasp nest right here, just under here. <coughs> I'm going in from the back. Remember? <laughs> we tried several ways of you know petrol and everything else to try and stop them, but they just kept on breeding underneath. And I got Sarah's uh, what do you call that thing? The nurse. Uh, Stethoscope, put that on my ears and went round to find out exactly where the bee, the wasp nest was. It's under here, and so I got a drill and drilled a hole down in it, just just behind here. You can't see, only a little tiny hole. I drilled down and I had a PB bow or something spray pack with a nozzle, a little tube on it. But I drilled the hole and pulled the thing out and pum chung chung and they were they were mad. <laughs> so just because I drilled a hole in their nest, they were very upset, and they can't find in this little hole. So I just emptied a can of spray in there, and slowly the hum went down to zero. <laughs> but you stir them up with a bulldozer when you don't know you're doing it. And I've four four wasp nests, <laughs> and they just go everywhere, and you just leave the whole area and come back at night, and and try to rip them up or bury them. There was one in our carport, and Jill and I had hopped in the car. We didn't know it was, it was about that long. 
and about that big. It was behind one of the pillars. We hadn't seen it being built. And Jill slammed the door, and it sort of echoes, reverberates onto the carport. Does it make... And they all just went, vroom, and Tim was coming to get in the car. Jump in, quick. <laughs> There's wasps going everywhere. And you can, they're just as mad as a hornet, we could say. And that's what Satan's going to be like. When he's released, he is mad as anything, and he's going to try to deceive the nations. I don't think we can overemphasize how mad he'll be. This is his last fling. This is his last opportunity to devastate God's purpose and plan. Moving back to what we said about the second reason why he's released is to show that man is a very fallen creature and that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked, as the book of Jeremiah tells us. That even after God's great blessings for a thousand years, man still Resist and fights against God. Look at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And this really describes the heart of man. Verse 10 and following. Verse 9. What then? Paul said, are we better than they in verse 9? No, in no wise. We have before proved Jews and Gentiles. They are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Even those that are born into a perfect environment with a perfect king reigning from Jerusalem and does that for a thousand years, there's none righteous, no, not one. Their parents or their great-great-grandparents at the start of the tribulation were all redeemed. No unredeemed person goes in there, into the kingdom. Remember the parable? I think we might even be touching that one tonight or soon where there was a man without a garment on. Grab him, bind him hand and foot and throw him out. You have to have the garment to enter the kingdom, the garment of salvation. None righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And read the rest of the verses there about how depraved we are. You might say, well, yeah, that's the, the... savager in uh, in the jungle and he's just depraved no that's the man with the suit walking down a modern city as well he is just as depraved given the circumstances he you and i would fall into sin but for the grace of god there go i we say praise god for his salvation that we have in the lord jesus He has forgiven us our sins. He knows our plight. Let's consider, as we go back to this portion, back in Revelation, Satan's renegades. We're talking about these people that had it all so good. Where will the devil find this vast army to fight against the king on his throne, the Lord Jesus Christ? Where will he gather them from? Well, it's from all those people that have been born during that thousand-year reign of Christ, and there'll be multiple millions. There'll be billions. There'll be billions of people born at that time. The world will be perfect. There's no poverty. There's no disease. There's no war. It's a perfect world. Why would anyone fall for the devil's lies and rebellion at the last stage of that period of time? 
Yes, millions have entered into the millennium in their flesh bodies. And Matthew chapter 24, or 25 talks of them in verse 34 and verse 40. It talks about two groups. It talks about the brethren and it talks about the sheep. There's another group that talked about the goats, but the brethren, Jewish people, the, the sheep, the Gentile people that treated the brethren correctly, if you read there in chapter 25. These are the ones that populate the kingdom. They will, they will have children and the children will get married and they'll be perfectly healthy and you could live up to a thousand years. There'll be many people at the end that will live the thousand years. God reverses the effects of the fall at that time. If you remember back on the, in the month of May, on the 6th of May, we preached, but we didn't go through the outline of, that we had that Elise had typed into the bulletin. We didn't even touch on some of the things there. Here is what that time where these people will be born into that Satan gathers these renegades from at the end of the thousand years. This is what it will be like in that period of time. There will be peace. All wars will cease. They'll turn their swords into, what does the Bible say? Plowshares. And nation will not lift up sword against nation anymore. They'll learn war no more is what the scripture tells us. Um, there will be joy in the kingdom. There'll be songs written and sung at that time that will... will Praise the Lord Jesus who reigns at Jerusalem. There will be holiness in the kingdom. In Ezekiel 37:24, <clears throat> Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I clean you. And a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. There will be holiness in that time. For years and years, for a millennia, this will happen. There will be glory. It will be a glorious kingdom. And we haven't got time to look at all the verses. There will be comfort in the kingdom. There will be justice in the kingdom. Justice will be done. <laughs> you see, you won't be able to get away with it. Today, people sin and get away with it. But in that day... He will rule with a rod of iron and justice will be brought to pass. There'll be fullness of knowledge. If, we, if you think, and we, and we do think today as we look around at what, what knowledge, knowledge has increased incredibly in the lifetime of a lot of us here. It's just, in, I, I remember trying to study the applied sciences and chemistry and physics and, and the maths, maths too. It was, I liked it if I understood it. And some teachers just made it easy to understand. And I remember one physics teacher, he sat, a, he sat a, one of the kids in a swivel chair. And, he, and then he, he spun him round. One of the kids round. And he told the, 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 the student to stick his legs out and then pull them in and see what happens. It spins faster. Why does it spin faster? And so he's very practical. And, and then we had to work out the physics of it. You know, it just... <laughs> work out the momentum and the weight out there, the leg and the leg in and all that sort of stuff, applied science. But folks, in the millennium, we have the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, who created everything. 
and all those teaching Jews that will be around the world understanding things that we've not understood before getting on top of things that we haven't been able to before we think we're smart today wait until you get minds that are clear from sin and from the influence of Satan who's locked up having a perfect environment having all the food you need and for those righteous people who believe by faith in that time on the Lord who reigns in power think of the development Think of the way they could understand and comprehend things. That's what God intended. You go back to the Garden of Eden. Before Adam fell, Adam and Eve fell, what did Adam do that God asked him to at that time? Something he commissioned him to do. He said, name all the animals. Give them names. And Adam could do it all. (laughs) He didn't need to go to school. He was educated already. Wouldn't that have been good? Just like that. (laughs) To... And, and he named them and gave them the right and correct names. He understood things. But from the fall, things have gone down and down. <clears throat> Instruction from the Lord Jesus. The removal of the curse, the thorns, the thistles, the European wasps. <laughs> Either he'll lose his sting and be a pretty little yellow <laughs> bug, or <clears throat> he'll be gone. No, mosquitoes. Everything like that will be gone. The curse will be removed. The, the thorns and the thistles and the blackberries. Be able to pick blackberries without getting prickled all over you. <laughs> all these things are part of the curse. What a blessed time. Sickness is removed. Isaiah 65:20. If sickness is removed, what else is gone from what we have in society today that cost us a mint, the, the nations? The health system. All of that gone. Health insurance. Uh, hospitals. You, you're going to be out of a job? <laughs> Nurses? All those things gone. Um, <clears throat> healing the deformed will happen. Isaiah 35. Protection. <clears throat> All men shall dwell in it, in Jerusalem, and there shall be be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. <laughs> Protection. No oppression. There'll be no oppression from anybody or any nation toward another nation. No oppression, no bullying in the government or in, the, in society, in the leadership at all. You know, you start thinking about all these things that are gonna, not going to be or are going to be present. What a blessing. Reproduction by living people. I was reading the other day about Noah. He was one that had children later in life, you know, 500 years old. <laughs> you know, where did, where did Cain get his wife is the old question unsaved people ask. Well, Adam and Eve had kids and kids and, and kids, <laughs> you know, and they had children and they married their relatives, which the genetic thing hadn't been messed up and they could do that then. And in the millennium, going to happen again. It's going to be rectified. They say if we, the human race, continues, we'll self-destruct because of all the multiplication of the problems we have in genetics. The, the scientists come to realise that. that it won't, we can't keep going. There's sicknesses. Uh, our immunity will be breaking down as a human race. But God is going to rectify that. That's the promise of the kingdom. Um, <clears throat> reproduction of living people. Labour. There will be labour. They plant, they build. And others will not take what they plant and build from them. 
there will be economic prosperity, ideal weather, bumper crops, <laughs> no public expenses, no public expenses on health, no public expenses on the police force, no public expenses on the army, and you take all those and put them back into the community, <laughs> what a blessing. What a different place it'll be. Why am I saying all this? This is from where the renegades come. These are the people who have received blessings for up to a thousand years, but they still follow the devil when he's loose for a little season. I can't believe how that... I begin to believe it when I see what people do today with the truth of God's word. They butcher it, they throw it out, they curse it, they rebel against it. Nations in the world today are trying to obliterate the word of God from the memory of the human race. It won't happen, but that's what they'd like to do. With all the benefits that Christianity has brought to society and the world, they want to obliterate that which has given them the greatest blessings. And so in this, the kingdom age, there will be a unified language. There'll be unified worship. It shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations after the tribulation which come up against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of the tabernacles. That's what will happen, a unified worship. There will be no Islam. That'll upset some if they hear that. <laughs> there will be no Buddhism. There'll be no Hinduism. There will only be the worship of the one and true God, the Lord Jesus Christ, his Father, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no false doctrine. That will be great. <laughs> the fullness of the Spirit. Remember what Joel said there, and partly Peter said this is what's happening at the day of Pentecost. And it should come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And that it will be fulfilled fully in the kingdom. A few glories of the future kingdom to come. Yet, what do we find as we're looking at this, these thoughts this morning? We find that these renegades follow him. If you go back to the book of Revelation, Verse 8, he's loose for a little season. Satan is released. And then the renegades follow him, go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. They're given particular mention. And it's interesting that they are dealt a severe blow in the seven-year tribulation, if you read Ezekiel 37 and 38. But here there's saved people that go into the kingdom, they have children's children and Satan goes there first to gather the renegades around the world, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is what? As the sand of the sea. It's not just a few people. It's not just a hundred or a thousand. Millions follow him. And what more can God do to try to persuade people to follow him? He's already given his son as a sacrifice. Then he gives them a thousand years of perfection. And what happens? They follow this 
evil, wicked being in their rebellion. You begin to understand, I think, how wicked and bad the heart of man is as you and you and, and many of us experience have experienced this with our friends or with our family or with with children that just rebel against the truth that is given them. We can thank God that we didn't do that. If you're saved, you haven't done it. You've, you've humbled yourself before the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like Paul did when he got saved. And verse 9, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city. What city is that? Jerusalem. The beloved city. The camp of the saints. That's where, it, that's where the government of the, the millennium happens from. They, they attack the central city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them <clears throat> this is what we know today will they, that, will they know that in the millennium the word of God is forever isn't it it's forever settled in heaven will this book change in the millennium no, it's a good old same book. These words can be read by those people. These, these words can be preached and will be the Old Testament in and from Jerusalem. They can read it like we've read it. They can read this is going to happen to those that rebel. But what do the, what do the people go and do? Rebel. You shake, your, shake your head. No matter what God does and how he ministers them in grace and mercy and love over millennia, they do this. Thank God for those that respond and get saved. <laughs> now we see Satan's ruin and retribution and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are remember they were put in there at the start of the thousand years and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever satan raises his vast army and leads them in one final assault against the lord jesus they don't stand a chance god himself ends the battle by raining fire down from heaven I was talking to Damien Davis this week. <clears throat> just so happened I was visiting Merv and Damien Rung and I got to talk to him. He's in the study and he was studying about Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> and he was studying about the... He said there's a little... There's white stuff over there called sulfur <laughs> around where Sodom and Gomorrah was. I said, yeah, I've got some here right in my study. <laughs> and <clears throat> it's 94... He, he'd read up the facts. 94% pure. It's like... You get this stuff out of the ground and just put a match to it and it goes up. He said usually it's only 44%. That's what the facts are. Usually only 40, around the rest of the world, that stuff is only 44%. You can't put a match to it. But where Sodom and Gomorrah were, it's high grade <laughs> and goes up real quick and burns very hot. Is it, is it the same thing that he falls upon these people around Jerusalem at that time? Again, not far, not far from where Sodom was. It was about 30... 40 case up to Jerusalem from where, where Sodom is that this happens again God rains fire he, he, whatever it is he's going to destroy the devil in an instant 
Satan himself is cast into the lake of fire. He spends eternity there being tormented along with the Antichrist and the false prophet. And we say hallelujah for that. No mercy on him. When the smoke clears and the dust settles, the Lord God Almighty will have the last say on the matter. God wins the fight. God wins the victory, does he not? This is the end of the story. We don't have to try to add or to change it. God wins the victory. You know, we have the Jehovah's Witnesses who say that God would not punish a person forever in hell. They'll be annihilated. No. The Bible says day and night for what? Ever and ever. This is a frightening thought for anybody who is not a Christian. Forever and ever in the lake of fire. You say, well, this is only for the devil. Go over to verse 15. And it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the same place, the lake of fire. Forever and ever. Our minds might like to say, well, let's do away with that. We can't believe that. It's too horrible. No, God has said it. And his word is settled in heaven. It's true. It's true. What, a, what about the, the story in the, in the Gospels where the rich man and Lazarus, they both died, and the rich man was in what? Torments. Did he get annihilated? No. He, was, he had some form, somebody at that time that he was being tormented. I am tormented in this flame. Can't someone bring me some relief? Give me a drop of water on my tongue that I might be sustained here. No, this is forever and ever. And so the devil will be cast into that place. This thing all boils down to one simple question. Whose side are you on? Are you on the devil's side, the losing side? Have you, you stayed in, in league with him because we're born his children? Or have you surrendered to the Lord Jesus? Trusted in him for your salvation. Have eternal life in him. Have you enlisted in the Lord's army? <laughs> Read Ephesians chapter 2. It tells us that we're all his children. Children of the evil one. But when we get saved, we've changed camps. We've become his children. What about today becoming one of his children? What about submitting by faith? Or are you going to do what the devil does and just rebel and rebel? No matter how much pressure is put on you by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, I'm going to no, no, no. It's to your eternal ruin and destruction, not destruction, torment forever and ever. Come today and believe on the Lord Jesus. You know, all this could start in an instant. With the rapture happening, Christians disappearing, then it's full on and flat out. And it can't be stopped. Come today while there is still time. You say, you're trying to frighten me into heaven. Wouldn't you rather be frightened into heaven and be warned about hell than go out there into eternity without the Lord Jesus? Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go that way. But narrow is the road that leads to the celestial city, to life evermore. Come join the few, the faithful, on the way, the narrow way to heaven. Let's pray. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word, and I pray that it might affect us today. It might affect somebody that is listening today, listening to the message. Might they see that if you're, they're on the devil's side, they're the losers for eternity. If you're on the Lord Jesus Christ's side, there is the promised victory from the scriptures. The victory of Calvary, the victory of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus who shed his blood to pay and atone for our sins, that we do not have to pay for our sins ourselves. Bless somebody with salvation today for your glory. Might they become your children and stop rebelling and start believing by faith. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.